This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Again, that number, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll start tonight by talking about parking. I know, doesn't sound like the most exciting of topics. However, it is something that a lot of us have to deal with as far as in a downtown area where there's a high level of uh, congestion in general. Parking is, is uh, you know, it's at a minimum and it can be kind of difficult to get a parking space. And then uh, then once you have to once you get the parking space in many places, you have to deal with whatever governmental rules apply to that parking space. Where we come from down in uh, Sarasota, Florida. There's a two-hour limit, and they'll come by and chalk your tire, and then you know they'll come back around and and ticket you if you've been there longer than than two hours. Yep. And there are no parking uh, meters there, which is kind of nice. Although there are some metered lots, I guess. That you well, can... here in Keene, they do have parking meters, but you never know when you have to pay for them and when you don't. You know, they have uh, on signs posted about the town what the rules are for the parking meters, but none of those signs ever seems to be around. When it says them on the meter, it says how much. It says most the paints the, the paints rubbed off on them. Hmm. And um, often people will put money in when they don't have to on right. Sundays and after 6 p.m. and all that stuff. So and the other thing is, is it's not the parking in, ta- in my town that bothers me so much. It's the parking in other towns. Uh, every time I used to go to Tampa, I'd get a ticket because I'd park wrong somehow, mm. somehow or another. And I don't know. I don't you know, didn't know the rules. Right, I don't know if I knew the rules, whether I was violating the rules, whether they just gave me a ticket because I had an out-of-town plate. I have no idea. When I was in Washington, D.C., I parked on the side of the road like everybody else was. I didn't realize that you had to get out during rush hour, and I got a $100 parking ticket. You mean you have to not be parked in right. the parking spot? The, the parking was only parking during the day, and, and but uh-huh. in a rush hour for, in the morning and in the evening, you had to be gone from there. I didn't know that. Wow. So $100 ticket. And, yeah, tickets are really expensive in D.C. And uh, you know what, what, what? That's that's how it is. Is you know they, they 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 put whatever rules they want. If you don't know what the rules, too bad. You pay the ticket, or you know we put some kind of lien on your house or something. Or they put a, a, a what do they call it? A boot on your car so you can't drive it away. There's that option as well. So a lot of people have to deal with this. But really, by the way, uh, parking uh, paying to towns that you don't go to very often, like for instance in the D.C. one. I didn't have. As a matter of fact, I didn't pay that one. So However, you were a wanted man in D.C. Then. No, that's not true. My mother was so scared of the idea that uh, I hadn't paid the ticket that she paid it. <laughs> I was well, twenty, not eight or nine years old, and she was just so petrified because I said, "I'm not paying that." Well, as long as you don't drive the same car into that same city, you right. should be okay because they're not going to know exactly who you are when right. they're ticketing the car. So, I mean, everybody's got uh, a bad experience with getting a parking ticket, and it was frustrating, and it you know, it was not something you expected during your day. Now, luckily, around here in Keene, where we do the show, parking tickets are only 5 bucks, so most people will just say, oh, no big deal, and they'll pay it. Last year, though, about a year ago now, I decided to experiment a little bit. Uh, when I got a parking ticket, it was one of those $5 tickets for being parked downtown, probably a few minutes past uh, the meter expired or something like that, because it seems like the uh, the parking ticket ladies are right there, Johnny on the spot, when uh, the meter expires. And so I decided to write a letter to the police department, because it's their bureaucracy that handles these things. And basically try out an, ex- an experiment. And that's a lot of what's going on up here in New Hampshire with the uh, liberty activists moving in here for the Free State Project. There's a lot of experimentation going on. Sure, there's the, the politics and all of the kind of the standard uh, things that people can do as far as getting active. But there are also people that are, that are I guess, 
trying different things that have very rarely been tried or have only been rumored. Conscientious Yeah, that have only been rumored to work, uh, theories and things like that. Some of them have fallen flat on their face, and some of them have had some success. And this one is a questionable success. I wrote a letter to the police department basically saying, hey, I'm happy to pay your fine. Just simply show me the proof of obligation where I agreed to uh, to be abound by your rules. I mean, you're saying that I owe this five dollars, and if it's you know if it's true that I had agreed to your rules, then I would understand, and I'd, I'd be happy uh, happily paying it. In the same way that if uh, you know you and I have contracted to have you come and uh, paint my house, Mark, and you come and do that, we've I got an agreement. Uh, we've got an agreement, and so you deserve to be paid. We had an agreement, but if you come and show up and paint the outside of my house without my permission and then try to charge me for it, mm, that doesn't fly. So well, not, likely you'd pay me something. It may not no, be what I wanted. What if it was the wrong color? What if it was I, I had I had no interest in having my house painted and you came and painted it chartreuse. Hey, look. Um I I'd paint I I probably pay somebody who just painted my house something. But okay. I'd just do that because I felt like it. Because they yeah. protected well, the wood. I have no, ob- I have no obligation, right. and for all I know, you used a kind of paint that I would not have wanted put on my house. So there was no agreement there, and so you're not owed anything. So the same idea with the government. To say, hey, show me the agreement. Show me where I signed something that said I would obey this. And, of course, I never did. So they couldn't show that to me. So what they ended up doing was they took several weeks, and finally, after a month and a half, I got a letter back from the chief, one of the chiefs, uh, not the, excuse me, not the chief, the captain, that's the step below chief. So one of the two captains in the department took the time to write me back after several weeks and basically said that thanks for paying your bill, uh, and I'm going to answer your, I'm going to try to answer your questions best I can. Thanks for paying your bill. I thought, huh. I didn't pay this bill. I didn't pay it, and I don't think anybody paid it for me, so what happened there? Why did this parking ticket get marked paid? Did somebody at the police department basically say, ah, crap, we don't want to deal with this. Let's mark him paid and do that? Or did somebody see the blog post I made about it over at freekeen.com, take the citation number that I did put in the blog post and just go and pay it for me? I figure one of the two is probably the most likely scenario, but there's no way for me to really determine which one it was. Well, fast forward to today, or at the middle of April, actually. Julia parks the car out in the street uh, at nighttime because there was some issue with the, the garage, and we've got a, a duplex, and my tenants were parked in front of her side of the garage, and so she had to park in the street as a result of that. And that's something that it goes on around here. Uh, people just park in the street during yeah, people the... Park, they sh- I'm parked in the street now. Right, it's it's no big deal. However, there is a law that says that there is no street parking after 1 a.m. between November 1st and May 1st. Now, the reason for that law was the snow plows. So if it snows and it accumulates to a certain level, the plows go around and they clear the roads. Right, and as though it's never snowed after May 1st here, or as though um, the snow isn't necessarily clear by then. I mean, because... The fact is, the snow was, I think, gone pretty much in April. Yeah, it pretty much was. And this was the middle of April. Uh, so, okay, there's a small chance there could be some snow, right? A very small chance. And if there is snow, it's going to be a flurry. It's not going to be, you know, a, a dumping of snow to the point where the, the plows are going to have to go around. And in point of fact, there was no snow that night at all. That said, the next morning, we, w- we awoke to discover a $15 parking ticket on the car for being parked in the road during that particular uh, period of the year. Now, that car is your car, not Julia's car, right? It is my car. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So even though she parked it, I'm apparently responsible for where it was parked. I don't know how all that works, but that's just the way it is. And so, so I was talking to Julia, well, you know, what do you want to do about this? And she didn't really want to pay it. And Julia's, she's not here to defend herself right now. She will be here a little bit later. But generally, she's she's in the mode of go along to get along because she's got a career in the, you know the corporate world and she doesn't want to rock that boat. And I totally, you know, I totally respect and I understand that. However, I was pleased and surprised when she said she didn't want to pay this ticket because it's asinine. I would understand if the plows were going around clearing the roads and our car was in the way. That makes sense. I'd pay the ticket. No problem. Even though I didn't sign an agreement, right? Just because that's being a good neighbor and I don't want to have the car on the road and all that. Right. But there there was zero chance of the plows being there. So this is just revenue collection. That cop that ticketed us probably went around and ticketed 10 other people that had their cars in the road that particular night and they're going to cash into the tune of you know 150 bucks or whatever it was that people and, paid and for. the uh, you know ticketing uh, the parking ticketing situation here the parking parking enforcement is still running in the red they yeah. still have more enforcers than they can pay for with the tickets that they generate which is hilarious right and this was a cop so it was just one of the cops on his overnight beat who that's was probably cars. put into that uh, line item though i would think I don't know how all the budgetary stuff works, but the point is that anybody that's looking at this case can clearly see that this is a revenue collection ticket. It's either that or it's just a you know obedience thing. You'll do as we say. Pay up now. And so she said she didn't want to pay it, and I certainly didn't want to pay it. And so she let it go a little bit late uh, because she hadn't quite made up her decision as to what she wanted to do or not, and just kind of let it slide and let it slide and. Uh, so they sent a late notice. So not pay, not making a decision is a decision. Right. So they sent a late notice, and then uh, so the fine went up to $35, and I decided, okay, it's time to write the, the police department again, and uh, we'll try the same approach this time and see what happens. And I'll explain here in a moment uh, what my approach was and take your calls about whatever you want. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, including live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up version, and even a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've... Trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business, create a will, a living trust, even register a trademark. And that will's important because uh, you never know when it's going to happen to you. Empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's LegalZoom.com. 1-800-259-9231. We'll, uh, we'll take your calls here in just a moment. Just want to f- finish up the story about my parking ticket adventures continuing here uh, from over a year ago when I at first wrote a letter to the uh, bu- parking bureaucrats saying, hey, I'll pay your ticket. Just show me the proof of obligation that uh, proves that I actually owe you this. Show me where I signed the contract that said I would obey all of your arbitrary diktats. Of course, they can't do that. So somehow, mysteriously, the ticket got marked paid. And everybody was wondering, what the hell happened? Well, I just kind of let it lay. When, that, uh, when the police chief, or ca- excuse me, uh, captain, when the police captain wrote me back and explained himself and, uh, t- you know, attempted to cite a whole bunch of his RSAs, which are the statutes here in New Hampshire, you know, saying, well, you, you know, you have to follow this and you have to follow this and you have to follow this and da 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 And I just kind of let it sit because I figured they marked it paid. Conversation's done. I don't need to talk to these guys anymore. 
So now, now that we got this new $15 parking ticket for parking out in the street, I sent another letter to the same uh, captain. I figured to go right back up to up the chain and, and reinitiate the conversation that we were having. So originally when he wrote me a year ago, he said that he was confused by my request for evidence of a valid original contract with my signature, binding me to the obligation. He says, while in the state of New Hampshire or city of Keene, you are bound to abide by the laws or ordinances regulating conduct, behavior, vehicle movement, etc. As noted above, the state grants this authority to the city to regulate as deemed appropriate. Common sense dictates that regardless of the state or country you find yourself in, you're obligated to abide by their laws without any contractual process taking place. I agree that common sense does dictate that. Yes. Um, like, it, you know, it is commonly understood what governments are and how they operate. Sure. That kind of thing. However, um, you know, like, I, I, common sense, I, I'm obligated to have common sense. Well, my response was, while what you've stated may be commonly believed, it's not sensible. To me, common sense would dictate that men and women who claim they're owed money for services rendered should show upon demand the proof of their claim, particularly in the form of the signed instrument or contract that binds them to the obligation that's being claimed. And I believe the UCC, the Uniform Commercial Code, which is a part of your organization's own statutes, makes this pretty clear. In fact, it does. The UCC is a common commercial code that stretches across all 50 states. In fact, most Western... The uniform commercial code? Societies, yeah. The uniform... Did I say something different? You said UCC. I don't yes, remember what it was. Uniform commercial code. And it does basically say that uh, in, a, in a contractual... In a situation, if somebody's making a claim upon you, you can ask them for the proof of their claim. If what you're saying is true, prove it. If it's not true, I'm not going to pay you anything. If it's true, then I'll certainly pay. So I said, aside from that, while I appreciate you taking the time to respond, I didn't request your interpretation of common sense, and nor did I request you to cite me your organization's statutes. Neither of those things is a proof of obligation. So I have some questions that I asked. I asked four questions. Now, this is the new letter, not the old one. This is the one I sent this week, or I actually hand-delivered it this week. Factually, what are the state of New Hampshire and the city of Keene? Now, this is a question I got from Mark Stevens at uh, markstevens.net. That's Mark with a C. Factually, what are the state of New Hampshire and city of Keene, Mark? What would your answer to that be? Um, state of New Hampshire, they are organizations that uh, control the uh, ge- geographic areas uh, for which they are designated. So they're corporations. Right? They I mean, are municipal they corporations. Are municipal corporations, yeah. Uh, now, I don't know if that's what he's going to answer, but I figure there's two likely answers, right? There's either it's a municipal corporation or it's a plot of land. So if it's a municipal corporation, then the second question is, what evidence do you have that I'm in them? Because he claimed that when you find yourself in the state of New Hampshire... The right, how, do, how does one get to be... Well, I think... In that, the corporation. Well, right. I'm not a corporate officer, it's so... Inter- it's interesting, but I mean, right, like, I think we both know that the, uh, the, the municipal corporation called the city of Keene, New Hampshire, controls the land um, that is inside that, you know, plot of land, you know, that designation. Sure, sure, I understand all that. And, right, obviously you do, and they, you know, they... they control it in the same way a property owner does, um, you know, th- in the sense that they can uh, oust someone from that land, or they, in the sen- this this sense, they don't have anybody above them, so they can incarcerate, they have additional mm-hmm. powers of uh, ownership. They are extra owners of, you know, the, you know, extra in the sense, above, They're the true su- owners. super owners yeah. of, of a plot of land. That, which you'll never get them to admit. 
You'll never get them to admit. No, that. they'll never say. They'll say, "No, no, you own your land," but it's not true. Right. So part I mean, of if this, you if you owned your land, you wouldn't have to pay property taxes, which are essentially a annual rent for the land that you're on. So it's very unlikely that this guy is going to write back and say, "Look, we've got all the guns, and you'll do as we say." So this is really just kind of an experiment in seeing how much they can dance around that fact, because that's the that's the obligation. There is no piece of paper. There is no contract. It's just they've got guns in jail cells, and they're not afraid to use them. But they'll never say that. They'll dance around and dance around. Uh, number three, I, I say, what, well, by what method or instrument am I bound to your laws or ordinances? Is If they claim that the, uh, the city of Keene or the state of New Hampshire are the plots of land, then how is, it, uh, how is I bound to their ordinances by simply crossing through their land? There was nothing, nothing posted. Uh, there, uh, there was nothing, there's no obvious uh, signage that says, you know, crossing this line will so-and-so will happen. That, that's just, that doesn't exist. And number four, how can I be bound to your statutes without my consent? And if, uh, in regards to the specific ticket, if you can answer these, those questions or prove my obligation, I'd also like to know the following. It's my understanding the rule you allege was broken has to do with keeping the streets clear for plows. Now, were it actually anywhere close to a time when an overnight accumulation of snow was possible as opposed to April 14th, the date of the issue of your citation, I could understand your position. It's not my intention to be a nuisance to my neighbors or to obstruct a legitimate process like clearing the streets. It seems the enforcement of this rule in this case is either about collecting revenue, extracting mindless obedience, or both. Will you clarify your agency's intentions in this matter? Because you can't tell me you were trying to keep the streets clear for the plows. No, there, there was no snow. There's no, not going to be any snow. It was, nearly, it was clear at that time. So I wrap up the letter by saying if you would prefer to answer these questions in person, I know that there are many other people who would be very interested in hearing your responses and also engaging in this discussion. We could have a public discussion that would be recorded on video and distributed for the world to see. If you'd like to take that I'm route... I'm sure dying to do that yeah. crap. If you'd like to take that route, I leave that choice in your hands. Also in your hands is your choice of how to respond. Well, you can Continue to attempt to initiate conflict with me, or will you do the honorable thing and discharge this matter? Of course, you're also still welcome to prove your claim that I'm bound to obey the arbitrary diktats of the people calling themselves the city council or the state legislature. If you can prove your claim of my obligation, I'll happily pay your fine. Feel free to pass this up the chain as necessary so I can actually get some answers. Citing more of your rules will be deemed as non-responsive. And then I let them know that uh, any correspondence is subject to being posted on my blog. So we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll just, you know, keep racking up the uh, the late fees on this parking ticket, and maybe they'll throw me in another jail cell over all of this. Who knows exactly what will uh, will occur? Or maybe they'll mysteriously mark it paid yet again. This time I didn't put the, the citation number in the blog post, so no mysterious party could go and anonymously pay this for me. So we'll find out, and I'll let you know. 800-259-9231. Coming up, your calls and also a parking nightmare story. This, my story, nothing compared to the one we're about to share with you. It's Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit alakees at a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. Again, that's a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com.
This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Mark. And your calls about anything or what the show is about. As we continue here, uh, also want to invite you to our website, where we give away all the features, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself at shrine.freetalklive.com. Sickle CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they, have a, and they purchase charged-off receivables. So if you have a, fr- if a friend, if you are or have a friend or family member who's in charge of, say, a hospital or a doctor's office or a bank or a utility or something like that, SACL CAI handles lots of that and would appreciate the business. And, well, you know, they're the biggest sponsor of the show, so we'd appreciate you doing it, too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. All right, let's continue with your phone calls and start things out by talking to Dan in Pennsylvania on the amp line. Hello, Dan. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, Well, you've got a call the past couple nights from one of the ladies from the forum, the Question Club, I believe it's called, and I think she goes by something like B-Roses. Yeah, yeah. And her, her issue was that she really likes this guy and she can't get him to respond physically to her no matter what she does. Well, no, it doesn't sound her. like she's done too much as far as making well, a physical true. move on him, but she uh, I'm sure she's dropped all kinds of hints, and uh, him being a guy has been completely uh, oblivious toward, toward them. Yeah, and you guys offered a couple of ex- possible explanations, one being he's intimidated, the other being he's gay. And I think there's a third one. I mean, uh, the other thing might just be her, uh, you know, the way that she's failing to get his attention. But I think that there's another possibility. He might just not be, you know, have physical intimacy as a priority. Mm-hmm. And that could be, you know, that could be for, you know, he could be somebody who believes in saving sex for marriage, as I do, but... We didn't, uh, we did not ask but, the, is he a religious yeah. guy um, question, which likely we should have. But, you know, to, to, largely, um, religious guys uh, mostly will have sex anyway, if given the opportunity. And... Um, Secondly, yeah. you'd think that she would have mentioned that. Like yeah. she should know that if she's been texting him two hundred times a day for the last several months. So I guess you know I, I don't feel too bad about having left that out as, as the questions. And actually, that has something to do with what I was going to say. Like I, uh, I am a Christian and I do believe in uh, you know monogamy. But uh, yeah, like you said, were the opportunity to present itself, I probably would. Uh, Sort of let go of my personal convictions rather quickly. Uh, yep. However, <laughs> I have I have a very high set of standards. Maybe you know some people will say too high. I'm really just not interested in having a sexual relationship with a girl with whom there is no possibility of of a actual um, you know other sort of relationship sure. with at least the possibility of marriage. And the reason that I haven't had sex yet is because none of the girls in whom I have been interested have shared that interest. Now, what but would you my... have done if you were in his position? I mean, let's let's put you in his position where this uh, presumably attractive young lady has uh, removed her pants uh, while you're still in bed with her uh, or while you're in bed with her. I mean, that, that seems like something that might start a conversation. But apparently in, in this particular uh, young lady's case, he essentially did nothing about it. I would say that at the very least he was being extraordinarily rude, but uh, well, I don't know. There are actually very few girls that I am interested in. I'm 
I'm not trying to sound like I'm coming from a high horse, because honestly, this has very little to do with my uh, religious beliefs. I'm just not interested in having sex with a girl with whom, like I said, there's no possibility of furthering the relationship. So maybe there's something else that's a priority. And my advice to her would be she should try to find out if there's something else that he's looking for to make sure that there is the potential for having that in their relationship first before he goes into any sort of physical intimacy. I think that she should. I think you're right about that, and I think that that would require a level of communication that's just not happening in their relationship. They seem to be fine with text messaging one another, uh, but when it comes to her actually doing something about moving the relationship forward uh, to the area that she's interested in having it go to, that's where she's she's breaking down, and it seems like it needs to be her responsibility because he's not making a move, and if it's what she really wants, then she needs to do something about it. And having a conversation or, or asking him to kiss her or something like that is going to move the you know move things in the right direction or at the very least going to allow her to find out what the real situation is. I mean, sitting, sitting there and speculating about it and calling a talk show and speculating with us is only so valuable. Actually talking to the person that you're looking to have that relationship with is what's going to really nail it down for you. Yeah, and of course, I have actually no idea what's in his head. I'm just saying what's in my head, and I admit that I am a unusual person in that respect. Dan, any so, other thoughts tonight? Uh, actually, yeah, there was another question brought up by one of them. If you were a tree, how would you want to die? Yes. Um, well, if I were a tree, I would want to be struck by lightning and fall down and kill some bureaucrat. So nasty. Thank you, Dan. Tree. Yeah, 800-259-9231. I think that that's uh, something we have to work on, um, and I, I'm as guilty as so many. What, wanting to hurt bureaucrats? Well, you know, the us and them mentality. Yeah. Um, the fact is, they're hairless monkeys just like we are. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they believe differently, and they are economically incentivized, and, and to some extent they leech off of, uh, you know, productive society. However... They don't have the information that we have. They have not been. Right. They do not believe the, way, the same way that we do, and they know, believe it's okay to hurt their fellow hairless monkeys. They don't really. It's not. But likely they haven't been talked to in that fashion. Yeah. Like nobody's presented that to them, and even if they have, you know, how long did it take between the time that you were talked to, and mm-hmm. you started, you know, coming to to believe that? Take some time. Yeah, it takes some time. Secondly. Um, understand that they're economically incentivized not to believe it, <laughs> so that sure. makes it that much more difficult to uh, to accept. And also remember that it takes a little longer. The older you are, the less likely you are likely you are to believe new things. No doubt about it. I, Old dogs and new tricks. I've you know. definitely had a shift in my mentality in that way over the last several years. I was certainly in the past more likely to jump to well, you know, you arm up and uh, defend yourself against these bureaucrats and blah blah blah. That whole uh, gun polishing kind of mentality. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have it hardcore, but I certainly had it to an extent. And now I've uh, I think I've shifted over in the in a different direction to where focusing on uh love and forgiveness I think is the way to go. And I I've, I've been internalizing that as much as I can and this there are still instances where I will feel emotions welling up inside oh, me yes. and uh I will not be feeling positively towards the uh, the government bureaucrats, but I always remind myself to you know, to look at this from a from a perspective of uh, again love and, and forgiveness, and uh, I, we've got an opportunity now to really show that here in Keene. Just as a, as an aside here, before we continue with the calls, I had an interesting email come in today. There was a post made by uh, Nick Ryder, who is one of the activists up here. He's a New Hampshire native. Uh, he's a great guy, really uh, effective activist. In fact, he's one of our behind the scenes helpers here on, on Free Talk Live. And he's again a keen native, so he's lived here a long time, and he's he's done uh, he's 
He's gotten active with volunteering in the community over the last several years of his young adult life. And one of the things he's done is gone to this project graduation thing, which is apparently an overnight party that is hosted for the graduating class of this whatever the year sure. it is, and they go and they will, dance and play games. And this year, you'll you you will hear another, yet another story of some uh, you know promising high school senior whose life was you know cut short by drunk driving, and it does happen. Mm-hmm. And you know that this project graduation is a good thing. Right. So he's volunteered with it in the past, and it was. Uh, Today, that he posted a message over at the Free Keen Forum about, hey, I'm going to volunteer here, and I'm thinking you guys might want to volunteer as well. Well, then later, and he mentioned that uh, if you volunteer for this project graduation, you'd be working essentially for the police prosecutor, Eli Rivera, who's the same man that has been going after the activists here in town. He's the chairman of Project Graduation. A few hours later, Eli Rivera, the police prosecutor, emails me saying he'd heard about the post on the forum. I don't know if he heard about it or if he's regularly a reader there, but either way, he went and he saw that, and he reached. He was reaching out to me saying he wants to put our differences aside and get together for something positive, and uh, that would be having the freedom activists be volunteers at Project Graduation. That'd be a great... Now, immediately, though, I felt torn, right? I mean, this is the guy that has my friend in a jail cell, our friend and co-host, Sam, has been sitting there for now in his fourth week. Uh, Plus, there are six other people, probably more like eight other people, that face potential jail time for civil disobedience. So this was a tough one for me. We'll come back with more here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. Uh, And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. And Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. Whether you need new items or used items, they sell them in dozens of categories. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of uh, a lot of the items they sell. Amazon.freetalklive.com. So here in the uh, the Keene, New Hampshire area, where we're doing the show from, there's an influx of liberty-minded people as part of the Free State Project moving to New Hampshire, and some of them have chosen to move to Keene. And recently, they've been getting involved in the the community, uh, getting uh, going out and working at the uh, the community kitchen, for instance. I know some of them are talking about going and helping out down with the Salvation Army. And it was interesting to have the police prosecutor reach out to the activists who he is currently prosecuting. And one of whom, I mean, you know, now you're putting people in groups. Well, he's at, currently prosecuting a significant amount of the activists. I mean, there are, I think, eight people that are currently facing, uh, eight or nine people that are currently facing prosecutions for various different things. So anyway, he's reaching out to us now asking for our help with a community event uh, called Project Graduation. And I feel torn about it, you know, because he's going after my my friends. And at the same time, now he wants to put the put our differences aside. Well, I think that if he would drop the charges, then people would feel a whole lot better about helping him out. But I think we should do it anyway. I, think I agree. That, uh, I mean, I think it's a huge opportunity um, that, that he would, you know, call you and ask for your help. He didn't call. He emailed, but whatever. Um, he, you know, that uh, stopping by somebody's house is also called calling. Yeah. So I understand you're trying to be specific. However, he call, out. calling is, uh, you know... Sending an email could be called calling. Um, 
There, there's some level of conciliation there, I think. Right. Uh, he's, he's asking for help. You give it. There's uh, that's that's going to create a bond. It'll give you an opportunity to talk to him, likely at some point. Uh, right. He's uh, he said we could maybe go and meet to, uh, next week and talk about whatever. So I am going to meet with him, and uh, we haven't set that date yet. He hasn't responded to my response at this point. But I, I hope that we can encourage I, – I know that there are at least a handful of activists that are going to be doing this, and so I think this is good. It's showing you know, that we aren't bad guys and that we are uh, good people and that we are happy to help out. And, and remember that the – We don't uh, belong in prison cells. The, 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 the easiest way for one group to dislike another group is for, that, for either group uh, – both, both parties usually this happens. Um, and, and the groups can be one person. It can be a whole bunch. Is to somehow dehumanize, yeah, demonize, dehumanize, vilify the other group. Somehow they are intrinsically different than us. Yeah. That you know this they the exclusion somehow, and so by helping at Project Graduation, he is uh, admitting that you are safe, mm-hmm. um, not cannibals, as we have been uh, accused of being in the, <laughs> in the local newspaper. Um, <laughs> you know you uh, you're not going to touch any of the girls. I mean you're safe adults, um, and he's I, to me that's a that's a that's a great compliment, and I think that uh, you should jump at the opportunity. Yeah, so I just wanted to share that as, again, showing how bridges are being built here in a way that I don't know if it's really happening in many other places. Maybe it is, and I don't know about it, uh, but I think it's a, it's a new tactic for the, the liberty movement to, to embrace uh, and to, sh- to, to, to not hate these people. Well, the liberty movement is completely a non-factor anyplace else. Yeah. They are not rounding up liberty activists and mass arrests anyplace else. It's true. Um, there's, there's not even an opportunity for the police officers to dislike liberty activists. Mo- many of them would consider themselves likely uh, liberty-minded individuals, and so you know, there's a, a pool of uh, possible liberty activists inside the police departments. And, you know, it's just not happening. Any place else is all you have is, you know, some grumblings, perhaps the most coming from liberty activists. So this goes this is uh, my example of going back around to what we were talking about earlier, Mark, about how uh, a lot of people with a liberty uh, pro liberty mindset are very uh, they, they feel animosity towards the bureaucrats. They yeah. feel hatred toward the bureaucrats. And I think we really need to shift that. And we really want to hate. Hate does beget hate. And maybe it's, one of the it really is true. Sorry, you're making adjustments. I stopped talking. <laughs> well, keep talking. No, you should keep talking so I can make adjustments. Oh, okay. It, what is really true? Well, I was just going to say it, it really is true. I, I mean, especially when I think about every relationship, personal relationship I've been in in my life, in the relationships that were the most unbearable were ones where, like, we were, you know, we would fight a lot. There'd be there was jealousy there, and mm-hmm. it seemed like. I don't even remember who started out being jealous and like angry and stuff, but it was just constantly like a battle of who could be more. It was always about getting back with this person and that yeah. person. And, and that goes well. Yeah, Retaliation. It, it really does. Retaliation. I feel like a lot of people have this mindset. I interact with so many of the local city bureaucrats on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and they really like me. And sometimes some of them will find out that I'm a free stater. And they they hear it from their fellow bureaucrat friends, so they hear about it in a negative way, and and there's sort of this tension. And I just try as hard as I can to be as nice as I possibly can to prove that I'm not a bad person. I'm not a I'm I'm a really I, I'm a, a kind person, and I work sure. really hard. And you know, in the community, as as they would say, and and most of them I get along with great. And I know a lot of great people that are cops and and things like that. And I mean, I don't agree with their profession, but 
at the same time, there isn't really an alternative, and I feel right. like a lot of people go in to help people. So I'd be much more agreeable to what they do if they would stop hurting peaceful people, and I think that if we can sh- keep showing how we are activists, liberty activists, are peaceful people, and that we all really do have the same goals in mind, if, if we're talking about police that got into the business to actually help people and to stop real criminals, I think we've all got the same goals in mind. It's just that the, their goals have been corrupted over time by the, this process of just blind obedience to whatever the legislature says, and I think over time, as we can continue having open conversation and dialogue and uh, talk to these people and get to know them, that we can have a possibility for change, that, the, that their, their minds are more likely to change if we are, again, showing how we are compassionate and loving toward them and, and, and not hating them. And I understand how difficult that is for people that are out there listening. You're, you're saying to yourself, but these are parasites, but these are violent people, but these are evil people. I think they're people that have good intentions and are just doing the wrong thing. I would thing. say that most of them have no idea that they're being violent, as you would put it. I mean, most of these people have no idea. I would say that there's a few, a select few, that are real power-hungry jerks. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them just want to help people. Professions like teachers, police officers. I went to school before I was a libertarian. I went to school to be a teacher. And I didn't ever even consider the fact that that was you know, taking money from taxpayers and, and sure. I, I just couldn't even think about fathom it. And I really wanted to help people. Right. So, so do we, we want to help people too. And so let's find the common ground. And, and I think it's, I think this is a step in the right direction. And I think that we're in the perfect place for it too. Up here in New Hampshire, where the biggest, ten, the biggest city is a hundred thousand people. Uh, that's Manchester. We live in Keene where the population is roughly 25,000 people. And so, if we were to be doing this same kind of activism, say in Sarasota, Florida, where we come from, with 300,000 people in the county alone, it, you wouldn't get the same recognition. That's you assuming wouldn't. you had everybody that uh, is here in Keene. Um, right, in assuming Sarasota. we had the same And we, did, we didn't. It was right. you and whoever you could drag out there with you. Right. So now we have a re- now whenever we do something, the splash is much larger. The ripples that that come off of that are, are much front, larger. Front page news stories and things like that. Yeah, they're much more likely to get people talking and noticing what's happening. And so by being a part of the a smaller community in a positive way, you have a much better, I think, a much better effect on those who are paying attention to what it was, uh, what the, the activism is that you're doing. Anyway, so we'll continue to update you as uh, things develop here, and I think they'll continue to be positive. Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully they won't throw their volunteers in jail. 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls and talk to Damien in New York. Damien, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ian. Just uh, got back from traffic court. Welcome back. Yeah, so apparently I went there on a citation for not having an insurance card on me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that I didn't have insurance, but uh, in New York you're required to have auto insurance, and if you don't produce it when asked, they give you a citation. How much is the citation uh, for? It's interesting because it's actually for z- for zero if you you know mail in proof or right. you go to court because the charge is actually operating without insurance. So if you have insurance, there's no problem. So I decided to go to court anyhow to see what it was like, what traffic court was like, and it, it was pretty sad. I, yeah. I, there were a lot of people uh, who I just felt really weren't being treated fairly. Sure. But anyhow, I, I walk in. I have to wait an hour. And then I approach the prosecutor and show him, you know, here's the, the proof of my insurance, you know, why don't you go ahead and, you know, drop the charges. And then they say, well, yeah, we'll motion to dismiss So when we go before the judge. I'm kind of scratching my head saying, well, what do we have to go before a judge for? Why can't they just drop the charge? So then I go before the judge, and uh, 
prosecutor starts out, uh, operating without insurance, uh, motion to dismiss, and uh, there's a $15 administrative uh, charge. One five or five zero? Uh, one five, 15. Okay. And so I say, oh, wait a minute here. I don't consent to any fee. I say that right to the judge. Oh, then the judge starts to... You know, go on about, well, it's what the Nassau County Legislature has determined. We'll continue your story in moments. Hang through the news, and we'll bring you back. More with Damien. Your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231, plus a horrific parking ticket story coming up here in moments. Your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features free. So we continue here taking your calls about whatever you want. That is the point of the show. We go back to Damien in New York who was pulled over, as he was telling us at the end of the last hour, uh, had been pulled over for not having, or you ended up getting a citation for not having an insurance card on you. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. It was expired. And uh, interestingly, I did have the new insurance card on me, but the, the cop didn't point out that I'd handed him the old card and just went ahead and wrote the citation and I see. didn't give me a chance. So, well, you, you know, so, it happens all it happens all the time. Your insurance company sends you the new yeah. cards um, and, you know, you've got the old cards sitting in your wallet. You, ha- you know you've got a month or something like that to trade them out. You don't bother doing it. And then the month just flies by and yep. there sit the new cards outside of your wallet and the old ones are inside it. So you went to court and you decided you wanted to see exactly what the traffic court thing was like because you'd never gone and done that before. Right. And so you were doing that. They ended up bringing you in front of a judge for this, which was a little surprising. You figured you'd just show them the paperwork. Even though the prosecutor was essentially dismissing it or submitting a motion to dismiss. Right. Uh, and so you went in front of the judge and you would brought in the paperwork, figured you'd just be able to show them that you've got the papers, you do have the insurance, and they could wipe it out. And then the judge tells you, okay, now you owe us a $15 administrative fee. Absolutely. Um, I read the statute, uh, Section 312, and it, it said that, you know, all you have to do is present proof that you actually had insurance and uh, you're fine. And uh, the way the judge tried to explain it, well, first I told him I didn't consent to the fee, um, which felt good because, nice. you know, so many people before are just don't even sort of question this idea of the fees that were being tacked on. Right, they just pay up. That's all these courts are. Is just a, It's just a revenue source for these bureaucrats. They just keep bringing the cash register in because most people don't want to... They're too afraid of the system. They're too afraid of uh, what the consequences might be. They don't do anything to stand up. But as Dale was suggesting last night, and we have suggested on the show before, just doing a little bit of non-cooperation, if everybody did just a little bit of non-cooperation, that would go so far to stopping these uh, the bureaucrats from continuing to seize more power and continuing to uh, extract money from people. And so that's what you did. You said no to the fees. Right. To the fee. And the judge then tried to uh, explain the fee to me, and it's pretty curious because he said, well, the $15 is a proposal of the Nassau County Legislature. That's saying really a requirement or a law, because I read Section 312. There's nothing about fees or anything like that. It's just stuff they're making up. It's also a proposal, you know, for 
uh, processing, you know, your paperwork when you present us the insurance because you were supposed to have it when asked. Let's, you're and, bureaucrat uh, that wrote the, the ticket. I mean, it didn't have to go through. I mean, obviously, I'm sure the cop was trying to keep everybody safe when he wrote you a ticket for not having the newest insurance card on you, even though you presented him with a, you know, an older one. I mean, right. as though you let your right. insurance lapse. And it, it's not generally speaking like it's really old, like 10 years old. It's a couple of months old. So, I mean, if you had insurance a couple of months ago, you probably have it now. He can't just take your word. I mean, you really have to go to traffic court for that? Oh, well, I didn't have to go to traffic court. I could have just mailed in the proof. But would you have had to send to a fee along with they, the... They give you that option. That's right there. Or go to court. Wait, so. would you have had to have sent a fee in if you'd mailed it in? I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if they would have billed me. Hmm. It would not have surprised me. All right. So what else um, happened? Go ahead. Okay. So, so yeah. So the judge says, well, it's a proposed fee for the service of, of processing. The service. <laughs> for the service. And, right. um, and it's then, just and then I put the judge, well, you know, the people have lost their case. You know, meaning the, the prosecutor. And then the prosecutor interrupts and says, oh, we didn't lose our case. Uh, you know, we, we can go to trial if you want. And yeah, uh, of course, if you're uh, convicted of not having insurance, driving without insurance, it's like a fifteen hundred dollar fine. Mm-hmm. So, so what was really interesting is that, you know, it just sort of points out that, you know, this is a fee that the court is essentially trying to collect and say that I owe. And here's the prosecutor, you know, coming to the aid of the court. They're really on the same team, the judge and, and the prosecutor. Um, it's just the appearance that there's a, a fair process. Right. Who, who doesn't actually believe that they're on the same team? Who actually thinks there's any objectivity to the court at all? Right, right. And, he, and even the fact that, that I had to go before a judge when the prosecutor's like, uh, fine, you know, we'll dismiss it. He can't do it by himself. I still have to see the judge and go through this, this, you know, fairy tale like there's really some sort of hearing going on here when there's no matter in discussion except that they want to claim that they did not did something for me and I own $15. <laughs> so what happened? I mean, you told him you, you don't consent to that and then the judge tried to explain it and then what did you do? Well, essentially, they were threatening then to make me come back, come back to trial. I thought about going a step further and saying, well, you know, I didn't contract with the Nassau County Legislature. I haven't contracted with this court. <laughs> what service has been delivered? This is, um, I was invited here under duress because it specifies penalties if I don't show up, yep. like uh, losing your registration, uh, you know. Uh, losing your license. Or the They'll come and get you at your house. And the printout they mail you. It was worth 15 bucks just to walk out. Exactly. It absolutely is. That's the kind of business that they run there. Those are the kind of proposals that they make. Give us $15 and we'll let you walk out of here alive. The proposal is it's your money or your life, right? Just the the highway's proposal. Well, they took two hours of my life. That's true. um, Your money and your life. (laughs) Time to drop it. I'll, you know, take the the deal. Otherwise, I'll have to come back for a trial, which I'll win, of course. uh, What would the trial have been for? And, and, and as you walk out, of course, the, it's strangely, the only way you can get out is to walk like right through the cashier's area. And it seems like everybody who exits goes to the cashier to pay something. Right, there, there's nobody the, who goes there and wins and doesn't have to pay anything. Everyone pays. Right. So It's amazing. So, so basically you did end up paying because if you hadn't paid the $15 fee, they would have continued prosecuting you? Is that the idea? Um, well, I, I mean, there were two ways I could handle it. Either they would go to... Like the prosecutor said, well, well, we can withdraw this uh, motion and go to trial, or I could just say okay and then not pay the fee and then just walk out after accepting the fifteen dollars walk out. But had I done that, they would have suspended 
probably within like 30 days suspended my registration. They did that to me once before a couple of years ago, or actually a year ago, yeah. where apparently I owed the DMV money, not even like the, the, the traffic court, I think just the DMV money, and I didn't know they didn't mail me a bill or whatever. Like it was some some obscure oh. amount, like ninety dollars. I have to say, I don't blame you for going ahead and paying it just to make right. it so you can get on with your life. That's the way most of the time it works out. And it was right. as we said last night, doing non cooperation. I encourage it everywhere, and I think if people did it everywhere, it would have an effect. But we know that most people aren't going to do it at all. And so if you do it where you are, you're going to have very little effect because nobody's going to back you up on it, which is why I think that going full on uh, as far as if that had happened in New Hampshire and you had told them, "Look, I'm not paying your I'm not paying your fee, I'm not your revenue source." And you'd have had a bunch of people in that courtroom with you at that time. You would have had a much better chance, I think, of being able to get away with it. I've with seen a move people like walk that. out for uh, things that they were actually guilty of breaking laws for. So, yeah. you know, uh, my question is, when when do you move? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll just, just finish off. If I, if I don't pay it, I'll tell you what, what happens to you. They suspend your registration, and around here they have the cameras that scan the license plate. Mm-hmm. Yep. They pull you over right away. It happened, yep. happened about a year ago. Pull me over. Officer walks up. Why is your registration suspended? Huh? What do you mean I'm suspended? The registration suspended. Yep. And then the, 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 what happened was the cop told me that he has to then impound my car. Oh, great. Um, over, over this, you know, disgusting $90 that I owe the DMV. But um, the, the cops around here, I, they, you know, they, they just don't, I guess they don't want to work that hard. And they, I sure guess they, they see their job a little bit higher than collecting money for the DMV. So he just let me go and told me to get it cleared up. Hmm. But, didn't want to, um, he didn't even want to fill out the paperwork. The law, they should have, they should have, you know, uh, impounded my car and stranded me on the roadside for ninety dollars. Yeah. So know, much for following the law. If 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 you uh, added a uh, you know South American accent or you know Central American accent to this, people would totally believe that this happened in Mexico. Oh, so it looks like your car is out of the registrations. No, good. but my registration's right here. It says it's good. You must have been suspended. <laughs> you know, like it, so, and now I can't let you leave, and we're going to tow your car out of here. Sorry, for $90. Unless, you, unless you have a hundred dollars, like probably two hundred dollars. Yeah. Just, just like that, except that you don't pay the officer. Um, you have to pay elsewhere, and well, in some areas you do pay the officer. In directly some right areas, there. like in uh, Tenaha, what is it, Tannehill or Tenahan, something like that, Texas. There's a little town in Texas where they've been extracting money from the people that drive through there. And, and thank you for the call and the story tonight. And, Hope to see more people in New Hampshire sooner rather right. than later that will say I no to these people. I wish people would understand that giving the officer the money or giving it to the court through an envelope doesn't make it somehow more legitimate than just giving it to the officer. Right there and it's then. all extortion. Yeah. I don't care where the extortion comes from. Right. At least if it's the officer at your window, there's only one step involved. You don't right. have to go. There's to not s- a bunch of waste and graft. At least you're gonna. At least it's gonna buy his kids something. More on the way here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And the Mexican cops are a lot cheaper to buy off mm. than the, the American cops are. Maura, coming up, you bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free lines. 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You know, some say the world will end in fire. Some say in ice. From what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. But if it had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to know that for destruction, ice is also great and would suffice. 
800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we've got all kinds of features that are totally free, including a wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. As we go to your phone calls, Nathan is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Nathan. Hey, guys. Uh, hey. I just want to, well, actually, I have a couple of things, but just to respond to the last couple of guys. I, I mean, I really think that what you guys were talking about, like putting a nicer, um, you know, more friendly uh, face on the movement is a really good idea. I mean, I think that, like, community activism is important, and it doesn't always have to be, uh, you know, um, libertarian or anarchist, like, you know, kill the bureaucrats. You know, that that sort of thing. It can also be more, you know, homegrown. Drunk driving is a really good example. So I, I wait. Drunk driving. Drunk driving I mean, is community activism. No, I think no, he was re- I, referencing know, what you said, driving. Mark, because you made a comment uh, about with for project graduation about uh, drunk driving exactly. being an issue. Gotcha. Prevent yeah, prevention no, of I drunk mean, driving. I'm just using it as an example of like issues that you know uh, going. I think that you guys should do it. You know, project graduation, I think it's a good idea. I think it's like, you know, even if it's kind of, uh, it's, it ha- doesn't have to do with liberty, and that's probably the only way you can get away with um, actually dealing with the prosecutor. If you were actually dealing with something like, you know, um, if we were being attacked by whatever, then you wouldn't want to side with the prosecutor. But when it's like not really, when something more community-based, I think that it's, it's understandable, you know what I mean? Yep, activists here, uh, yeah. up here in New Hampshire, are building bridges, and I think it's a positive thing. Anything else on your mind yeah, tonight, I Nathan? Yeah, I actually do have one bone to pick with you guys. Okay. Uh, yeah, when you were talking to the Question Club, I mean, actually, it wasn't talking. Uh, Ian posted some, uh, I think he posted some, I thought, I thought they were kind of inflammatory uh, questions on... Um, you know, their space, their... Uh, right, you're talking about the Question yeah. Club, which is an internet forum that discovered Free right. Talk Live this week, uh, where you go and you ask questions and you get answers. And no, I did I go totally in there think, yeah. with the intention right. of uh, posting some inflammatory, uh, some iconoclastic questions about modern-day slavery, and I got I yeah, the answers exactly. I was looking for. Yeah, no, I think that you went in there with uh, with the idea that you're going to kind of pull the uh, wool off of all these young kids you know, uh, eyes and reveal to them the dark, scary world that they really do live in. And I I agree. I think that it's a scary world. And I do think that, but I think uh, what you do when you, like, when you thrust it onto people like that is you're not offering them freedom. You're actually offering them slavery. You're saying this is, they can accept it or they can choose to accept it or they can choose to, you know, just disregard what you're saying. But when, if they choose to accept it, it means that they're actually choosing slavery over freedom. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see where, I see where you're coming from. By accepting that they are in slavery, you're saying that they're choosing slavery? Yeah, be, by, acknowledge, by acknowledging, because they feel like they're free. You know what I mean? They feel some like do. they're free. They, they feel, I mean, okay, some do. Some hate their parents. But overall, I feel like people don't want to feel like they're slaves. I think you even said that later on, that people don't want to feel like they're slaves. And mm-hmm. when you tell them that they are slaves, you're kind of um, – it, it's. and I'm not even talking about the whole 
the racial issue behind it or the historical issue. People just don't want to be called slaves. They, sure they, like they don't. don't want to be sure, called. it'll make them very uncomfortable. Exactly. That's what and iconoclasm is all about. It's, uh, th- in my opinion, that's what iconoclasm is for, is to uh, call a spade a spade and let people sit and, and uh, kind of mull over that. And I wasn't intending to go in there. And uh, it, it only works with some people. Some people have uh, you know, a greater capacity for blinding themselves than others. Some people are you know, pretty analytical, and they will look at issues one at a time and, and uh, you know, accept these things for face value. There are others that it won't work on. And I, I concur with you that some people that you know, it, generalizing you know, isn't, isn't, so, um, isn't so effective in this one, but that some people it's less effective than going from other means. And in some cases, um, it, the ones that are the best at blinding themselves will then cease to listen to anything that you say. And so therefore you can, uh, you know, you can galvanize people in one direction or another with that kind of behavior. However, that being said, there were plenty of posts where people did accept it. Um, there were people who, call, you know, that after listening to the show to, for some extent, they're like, holy cow, these guys are right. Um, and, you know, things like that. So it worked with some people. Other people, eh, well, you know, they, they just continued on with their... Nor was it intended to be a persuasive post in any way, shape, or form. Its intent was to be iconoclastic for the purposes of getting the initial uh, response and to see what the initial response was to questions like that. You know, do you realize uh, that you're a slave? Right. I get no feedback about that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I live in Keene, New Hampshire, and I associate with, by and large, libertarians. I have no idea wh- how the average uh, 17-year-old, you know, 19, 25-year-old girl is going to respond to that. And... I think that's valuable information. That's what we found out, and it was uh, more for the purposes of having something to talk about on the show, to be able to talk about what the responses were and to dig into them. And I did respond to some of the responses, and I think that there was some productive, uh, I guess, some back and forth out of that, but it was never intended to be a, a persuasive technique. So I didn't. I hope I didn't confuse you uh, with that. Persuasive technique, but I guess it makes more sense. Because I feel like in order to, if you're actually going to persuade people, I think that to meet them more halfway, not not halfway, like don't sugarcoat it, but if you do the whole calling the spade a spade, the other way of doing it is that is uh, drawing lines in the sand, you know, and people will side on their self-interest, and their self-interest uh, meaning that they're not going to be slaves, they're going to choose to characterize themselves as free people rather than slaved people. I see there, there are times when what you're saying is correct. For one, when you catch somebody flat-footed, as he did these girls, that um, you, know, you can, can <laughs> likely get that. But you're making generalizations. You're saying people. And okay. people don't react people. that way. Some people do. Some people don't. But um, I think that there's a there's a very good time to use the slave thing is when you're talking to, say, um, you know, a Republican about uh, taxes and they're, you know, they're upset and they're inflamed about how they're being forced to pay for this nonsense. That's when you talk about you're really nothing but a slave. And then you can take you can take their anger that's going in one direction. You can focus it. Look, look, look at this. You aren't a slave or you excuse me. You are a slave Um, or, you know, I don't know when when a Democrat would be upset about these, you know, war. Uh, If if we're being forced to pay for fund some war, you you basically let them know Well, you're just a slave here to fund that war. Yeah. Thanks for the call tonight, Nathan. Appreciate the ideas and thoughts. 800-259-9231. I don't hold myself up as uh, the arbiter of. uh, the, the greatest persuasion tactics anywhere. I, I do my best. and You're a role model. 
I don't know about that. I'm a talk show host, which doesn't mean much. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want, toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're yours, front page of the site, going back for an entire year, totally free at freetalklive.com. From creating new and old media to political action and civil disobedience as well as market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Dot org. As we continue taking your calls, we go to the Ukraine, where Eric is on the line. Hello, Eric. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, how you doing? Hey, great, Eric. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Well, Eric? first of all, to every night I put my little uh, plug in my ear and uh, go to sleep. And, uh, you know, so I moved to Ukraine like four years, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got here... I uh, one I just on this little uh, place called Drum. It's a little uh, bar, and it's where the Kiev Weekly and the Kiev Post, all the editors and the writers, hang out. Mm-hmm. And you know, I at the time I was my girlfriend, uh, Ukrainian girlfriend. We're married now. But uh, she didn't believe everything I said about freedom in the States, you know, and, and why. Hello? And, uh, hello? I'm sorry, we had a, a you're dropping out a little bit there, uh, but it sounds okay. Go ahead. Okay, so, uh, so um, I moved to Ukraine, and uh, um, my, I, I had a lot of, um, I, about the Kiev Post and the Kiev, I told you about the two newspapers here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it was really we just kind of stumbled upon this uh, little little drum, little bar, and uh, right. there we were with all these with all these uh, Kiev um, uh, editors, you know, from the newspapers, English newspapers here, and um, you know. Over the year, over the year, I've I've known my girlfriend. I told her about the freedom in the states and and how much I feel better about. Um, I, I feel more freedom here, and so so we were there hanging out with these editors, and they agreed with me, and she couldn't believe it. They agreed I, that it was more free in the I, Ukraine than it was in the United States. Yeah, and that's why they live here. Oh. It's very and it's interesting. true, man. Because, uh, got any questions? Uh, I, you know, I, I hear that the economy in the Ukraine that is more, more like a third world country than it is uh, um, so much uh, like a Western. Well, country. you know, you know what Ukraine is that even if it goes so bad, they are used to big problems, right? They know how to to hang in there. You know. They've handled well, starvation in the past. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Thanks for the call tonight. Yeah. We've got to let you go. Your uh, connection's kind of iffy there, but uh, Ukrainian women, some of the most beautiful women in the world. And it's my understanding if you go to the Ukraine, you uh, w- will not come back single. <laughs> <laughs> 
1-800-259-9231 if you're a man or if you're a woman. Does it work the other way? I don't. I would imagine it probably works for women, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it certainly men is what I've heard. I don't know how beautiful the Ukrainian men are, though. I can't comment. I don't know. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You've Julia experienced uh, Ukrainian no. men? I don't think. No? Yes, I've yes, experienced many <laughs> Ukrainian what does that men. Mean, experience. <laughs> <laughs> we continue here. Uh, we go to icy blue edge in the Midwest. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi there. Can you hear me? Okay. Just fine. What's on your mind tonight? Um, well, ties in a little bit with the last guy's statement. Um, yeah, I talk to a lot of foreigners and day-to-day things here. I'm in the Midwest and uh, in South America. Or, or they they all know um, evil. <laughs> they know, you know, when when uh, things aren't right. But I think Americans have lost. They they don't understand. They never can comprehend pure things evil. Things have and, been uh, too good in America for too long now. Mm-hmm. People just don't. They, yeah, they, they can't uh, relate. Yeah, and that's it's very hard because they they can't they can't cross the uh, the uh, mind control they have to recognize the evil that's upon them. Um, no, in fact, we uh, we saw some of that last night. I don't know if you heard the show where we uh, last night we were talking with some of the folks from the Question Club forum on the internet, and some of the responses to my questions about are you a slave or have you realized you're a slave, and you know what do you want to do about it? Even some of the ones that uh, realize that they're slaves. They admitted that they are, you know, they're just not the activist type, or they're still too comfortable. They're not willing to do anything yet because they're just still too comfortable. And so, so there is this. There's even a segment of the American population that understands that they're living under tyranny, but it's still a comfortable tyranny. And so, well, you know, we've got food, we've got TV, we've got the so internet. The vast majority of libertarians feel right. Yeah, don't rock the boat, man. Well. No, without saying too much about myself, but I, one of the things I do, I work computers, I do web filtering at a seminary, you know, one of the parts of my job, and uh, I look at what the the people are looking at, and uh, it's very disheartening to see how, how asleep <laughs> these these soon-to-be leaders are, you know, it's just, because uh, I look at what they're looking at, and I say, this is kind of hopeless here, <laughs> I mean... I, Wait, so when you say you're looking at what they're looking at, you, hold on a second. When you say you're looking at what they're looking at, you're a web administrator, and so you're observing what I, users... I, to, I do internet, you know, a, a seminary people. You, seminary people. want students looking at the unsightly sites, you know. So you are a web admin for a seminary, which is a school where people go to become priests or something like that? Is that right? Ministers, priests, pastors, whatever, yeah. So what are the, some and, of the sites um, they're looking at? Oh, they're very orthodox, very, you know... Very uh, straight, uh, either left wing or right wing, but none of them are very, you know, for them, one of them to stumble across, uh, say, Genesis Communication or your program or, or Alex. Uh, as a matter of fact, sometimes the web filtering software will, will filter out certain programs, which I change. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, I redefine them, but, uh, uh, you know, today I was looking at their filtering out very, very, uh, uh, things that people should know about. <laughs> So your so what your observation is of just watching people's habits and uh, watching the people around you. You're saying that people are t- are comfortable and it's frustrating to you because you feel like as long as people are complacent with this uh, tyrannical state that we have, not much is going to change, right? Yeah, forget about you know you know a lot of people say well the countries forgot about God. Well, okay, yeah, let's well let's preach Lucifer then and let them, at least let them understand that there are principalities and powers. 
and the yin game on this is is luciferian well i don't i don't uh, personally subscribe to all of that stuff uh but you know i i see where you're coming from in your frustration and i i thank you for the call tonight 800-259-9231 uh yeah, I don't know about the whole Lucifer God thing, but uh, nonetheless, I think that he's right in general that people are complacent and that they, you know, they they even if they do perceive problems, they don't perceive that they can do anything about it. The old mentality of well, you can't fight City Hall, and so let's just go along to get along, keep our heads down. All that mentality has led to in the past is more tyranny. That's all it has led to. People just stepping aside as the yep. government just runs roughshod over people's lives. As long as it's not their life that they're running too hard over, it's okay. You can go and uh, you know ban foie gras from the expensive restaurants and stop those cigarette smokers from smoking cigarettes and do you know do do whatever and you, you can want. Tax to them. those people over there as long as you're yeah. not taxing me and, and my and business. Right. That's, that's how it goes because when when they decide they're going to tax you, no one will stand up for you. It's it really is the prescription for tyranny because all all it takes for tyranny is for righteous men to step aside. And you have to ask yourself at what point will those righteous men stop stepping aside? At what point? In America, I, I don't, don't know, know if they ever will. What will it take, Julia? The reason what? the reason I'm here in in New Hampshire is because I don't see that they will. Well, I haven't seen one instance. I can't please tell me. Tell me an instance where righteous men have said you know, pe- people have said, no, we're not going to take this government intrusion in our lives. Absolutely Very few not. And far between. Here's the line in the sand. I honestly think that most people, they're, especially Americans, I can't speak for other countries, but the average American that I meet every, on a daily basis, nothing is going to change. They're not going to want to feel active in, in, until things get worse. I, I mean, really, I just... I don't think that change is really going to start happening until things start to really get bad enough for people. People with full bellies do not take to the streets. Or we get enough people who are wanting change together in the same place. And that's what the Free State Project is all about. It's about hastening that change through the concentration of activism. 1-800-259-9231. Unless you've got a better idea, that's the best one out there. You bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And Julia she will be back with us she, here in moments. I didn't know she'd away. gone away. She's coming back in she moments. She made it clear. 800-2- I didn't see her leave. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, so we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's go and talk to Bill in Oklahoma. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, Bill. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, you were talking about uh, what are people lying in the sand, so to speak, as far as how much are they willing to take. Mm -hmm. And I think I've finally found mine. Um, You you guys have covered in the past, and we talked at length about uh, the Megan Meyer situation, the uh, MySpace suicide case. 13-year-old um, girl uh, allegedly committed suicide because a boy, her supposed boyfriend online broke up with her. Turned out the boyfriend was actually the mother and uh, the friend, a former friend of hers and her mom, her friend's mom, and somebody else. It was a cruel, it. immature joke, uh, yeah. but, you know, trick to play on this little girl. But not an uncommon trick uh, on the world of the I internet. I think it's uncommon for moms to get involved in this kind maybe, of thing. Maybe. Um, however, it and that that's the weirdest part of it all. However, I'm not of the opinion that uh, one can hold the mother responsible in the same way that one holds a murderer responsible but they are 
I mean, right? you know, Megan committed suicide. She chose to do it. I mean, wh- who knows if if a, a bad grade or the first real boyfriend she had. I mean, what if she? What if it had been a real boy that broke up with her, um, and she decided to commit suicide? We certainly wouldn't hold her hold that against her. Him, him. excuse me. Yeah. So yeah. what about it, Bill? Because the mom has been charged. Uh, well, she has been convicted yeah. on a lesser charge, and she, uh, I believe she's been sentenced, but I, the the penalty escapes my memory at this at this moment. But because there was not a cyberbullying law on the books right. during the case, they couldn't charge her with it mm-hmm. uh, with cyberbullying uh, until now. Oh, uh, it appears that uh, uh, a certain ha- House bill is being crammed down Congress's throat. Uh, it's uh, H.R. 1966, uh, appropriately entitled the Megan Meyer Cyberbullying Prevention Act. And it basically, in a nutshell, uh, states that uh, if you uh, exchange any type of communication uh, on the Internet uh, that hurts somebody's feelings, uh, you're going to be fined an undisclosed, undisclosed oh amount of money, and you're going to go to jail for two years. Wow. And what are the chances of this actually going through? It's going to go through. I mean, it's getting it's getting it's being applauded by both of the Republicans and the, and the Democrats. We've so got to put a public- stop to this Internet uh, bullying. People are insulting people via email and they're making people cry. This needs to be a federal government issue. I can't see how this is going to get past freedom of speech. But, you know, I couldn't I, I wouldn't have guessed all the other things that they've uh, you know let slide to. So. This gets even better. Now, we, everybody who's a uh, uh, frequent to the show knows that you can you can get the, the simulcast of this particular show on the Internet via the Internet stream. If you say something through uh, the radio that hurts somebody's feelings um, because it's coming from a website, you could be held accountable. Under I this welcome act. it. You welcome it? Yeah. What bring it on. Stupid. Please. Bring it on. The kind We're going to have to shut down the forum. I mean, that's, that's what they go Not that I would, but there's a possibility that if you use the BBS, you could be offended. And if you're offended, is, is it going to require somebody to bring charges, or can the government just go in, find message boards where people are uh, offended, and start bringing charges on people? This, this, this bill is so vague in, in its, its terminology. It, it can go either way, to be honest with you. I mean, they've, they've pretty much added every single form of communication in this bill except for... Uh, uh, Braille, uh, <laughs> uh, smoke signals, and uh, Morse code. Everything else seems to be in this bill. So, um, you know, yeah, Wired, I mean, th- Wired magazine wrote an article about this, and they said they didn't think it was going to go through. Well, yeah, I, I guess it's well, all speculation there's, there's at this opposite, point. There, there is a, a there is a distinct opposition to it. You know, people like me do not want this to go through. But you get you, you because of the, such of the coverage that this particular case has gotten. Uh, via the media, it's a big case. Um, and and right, the government by, has to. You know, the government wants to look like it's doing something. And the let's not forget that every other English-speaking country in the world has laws just like this. Yeah, and the politicians want to be able to bring this up in the, the when they run for office, so they can say they're protecting children online or whatever it is they want to attach to themselves, whatever uh, terminology they want to use. But basically, they're going to wear this like a badge of honor. Now, you'd started your call, Bill, by saying that uh, this is your line in the sand. Yeah, you know, this, among other things, you know, I'm a, a, a person who's been on the Internet now since, you know, long 
before it became mainstream. I mean, I remember the time where it was just geeks and college students. Um, You're an original geek. Like, uh, pardon? You're an original geek. Go OG. ahead. OG. I'm an original geek. Yeah. Um, so the reason why I'm a, a big fan of the Internet is because I have that freedom of expression. You know, mm -hmm. if I don't like you, I'm going to tell you I don't like you, you know, and... You know, I personally, I don't care if you know it's me or not. You know, there's a lot of people out there that like to, to hide behind names and places to be real names, but, but I'm not like one of those people. I just, you know, if you rub me the wrong way or if I don't like you or if we disagree on something, I'm going to let you know about it. Um, to regulate, you know, speech in this manner is just asinine. And it, it, they've done this with, they're doing it now with the cyberbullying, but they, they're doing it with file sharing. They've done it mm -hmm. with countless number of, of internet-related activities. You know, we were doing just fine in 1996, minding our own business, doing our own thing. We didn't have to worry about Uncle Sam or, you know, whomever, Mr. Bureaucrat, looking over our shoulders to figure out if we're playing nice with one another, you know? Yep, and um, now here we are where they're getting ready to uh, to control even more, and they've been just nudging their way into the world of the Internet as much as they possibly can. Now, they are bureaucrats. They are the government, so they're inefficient. They're slow at this, and thank goodness. I mean, that's one of the, the positives as far as what we've got on our side is their inefficiency and, and uh, incompetence. However, they do have the drive to continue to control. And So I have to ask you, Bill, if, it's your line in your, if it is your line in the sand, what are you, what gonna are do you going to do? Well, you know, short of packing up and moving to New Hampshire, which is really something that I would like to do, I just I'm I'm not in that position yet. I'm working on it, um, but yeah, I, yeah, you might as well consider me a Free State Project member because th this is. Does, does that mean you're joining tonight and signing the statement of intent? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about it. Well, well we're not so going to consider get... you a free stater until right. you sign you're not the statement. A, you're not a free stater until you sign the statement of intent. And if you intend to move, I mean, you, it doesn't make any sense to wait till the night before you move to sign the statement well, no, of intent no. I mean, because then I, we can't count you. So well, no. what we're doing, the purpose of the Free State Project is to get to 20,000 people that pledge to move when 20,000 people have signed. You can actually change that when you're signing up. You can yeah. move when it's 10,000 or something. Right, but the, but uh, you know, the purpose of signing is to get to that 20,000 number. There will be more than 20,000 people once uh, you know things really start getting rolling here. So I, I, I got to ask, why can't you just go and sign now? Well, I can't. Well, right now I can't because my hands are preoccupied holding the phone to my ear. But you know, as soon as I get off the phone, I will make I'll make it a point to. Thank you. Uh, Excellent. Congratulations to, uh, on that bill. To, to sign up. And we will see you out here. And uh, something else you might want to consider is not paying them anymore. Is that the the line you've reached as well, or is there another line out as far That's as not paying, line. not paying taxes to the feds? Well, um, well, <laughs> I don't have the luxury of not of just really, really not pay the taxes at this point um, because they they pretty much take their cut from me uh, automatically. Well, um, there is a Bill, way to do that, you though. Do, you do have the choice, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not encouraging you to take the path that my partner here has taken in life. I'm just saying that you, you need to be empowered to know that you do have the choice. You fill out a W-2, and you can always change your W-4. W-4, and you can always change yeah. it whenever no, 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 you feel no, no, like. No, and, you misunderstood me. I don't okay. have the choice because... I'm on their payroll. Ah. You work for the feds. No, I don't work for the feds. I, I draw um, uh, I draw full-blown disability. Oh, yeah, yeah that is tough. Not much you can do there. Okay. I just, yeah, I just figured I'd find out about that. Okay. That. Um, well, hey, but, we'd, um, we'd still like to have you anyway here in New Hampshire. Absolutely. If you're ready to get active, uh, there's no better place to do it. And I thank you for the call tonight, dude. And congratulations on your decision.
to sign up for the Free State Project. 800-259-9231 and actually do something significant toward achieving a uh, greater level of liberty in your lifetime. I can't think of anything better that one could do uh, to do that, to, uh, to actually achieve more freedom than to join and act on their pledge to move to New Hampshire. And join the rest of these activists up here that this burgeoning movement of liberty uh, that is attracting people from across the globe, uh, that people are coming here and they're doing something. They're getting together. There's a lot of politics going on, a lot of disobedience happening, non-cooperation, all kinds of media getting, being created. Getting uh, legislation pushed through. It's happening. Well, apparently the medical marijuana legislation has run up against the roadblock known as Governor John Lynch. But you uh, can't say that things haven't happened. No, no, if, definitely. The fact that it made it through the House and the Senate. It's gotten farther than it's ever gotten in, in New Hampshire, and that's it's progress, albeit slow, but that is the political system for you. 1-800-259-9231. If you're on the line, we'll get to you. You can bring up anything. Hour 3 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, your show. You take control of the airwaves. We go to your calls, and we'll start things out by talking to Dave. I think we've got Dave in Montana. Dave, you're on Free Talk. Oh, wait, was I holding someone over? Crap. I, I should have taken notes. Put somebody on, board up. Give us a caller. Hello. Hey, Dave, you're on the air. Hey, about that offended law, all you got to do is say in the beginning of the show, hey, you will be offended, so don't listen to this show. So everybody will listen to what to see what you got to say, and then... You don't have to even uh, offend anybody. Well, and then if anybody does get offended, you say, hey, I told you not to listen to the show. Well, wait, was the, the views offend- expressed in this show are those of Dave and Montana and Dave and Montana's only. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold on, hold on. Then, what you're referring to, Dave, is a call we got last hour from somebody who said there's a law that the feds are looking at passing that's going to make it so if you hurt somebody's feelings online that it's a federal crime. And I don't, know if that meant, I don't know if that means that uh, Free Talk Live is... Uh, Are radio shows included in that, or is it only for message board posts and uh, MySpace and things like that? Well, I'm listening to you online right now. That's true. You are listening online. And uh, the line in the sand in Montana has been drawn. There's this gun law that's been tested in November. If they make a gun in Montana, sell a gun in Montana to a Montanan, that gun's going to stay here. That That gun has no federal rules on it. And Arnold of California could do the same with the marijuana. He could say, hey, I'm legalizing marijuana in California, and you fed stay the heck out. I hope I hope that happens in you both know, cases. And, and that, it's the deal. Why, you know, if they're doing it, the Thompson machine gun was the deal when they first started really attacking the Second Amendment, right? And so the way they did it was with a tax stamp, right? Then the next year, they went after marijuana. They said, well, wow, this works, you know. So they, the next year, they went after hemp and used the same deal with the tax stamp because hemp and cannabis ain't really against the law. you got to get a stamp from 
the DEA. And they won't give it to you. If you call them up, because I called the DEA up. I want my stamp. I want to purchase a hemp uh, license, and they gave me a number that stayed ringing forever and ever. Yeah, that's figures. That's what they do. (laughs) Government bureaucrats always pass the buck, and and lots of times we'll put you into a phone infinite hell. California could just just tell the feds to shove off, man. They sure could. I don't know if they will, but it would be nice. It's it's nice when you see the state government people as despicable as they tend to be uh, g- going after the feds, which very rarely happens, but it has in the case of Montana, as you pointed out, with their new gun law, which is is really kind of drawing a line in the sand. Uh, and also, of course, New Hampshire uh, and, uh, with, uh, re- rejecting real ID. I'll bet California, the state of California, gets a lot of money from the federal government, though. Oh, sure. I, well, oh, yeah. but, well, no, aren't they a donor state? I thought they, California was a donor state. Maybe the, it is. I don't know. The money that they—that's why Arnold knows to tap into the money of the the cannabis plant. There's a lot of money. To, well, plus he smoked it without too. Without anybody day. smoking it and and buying it, just by legalizing it, you could save like a hundred billion dollars. There's eight hundred thousand people in jail that could be let yep. out of jail. That's There's a boost to the economy, right there. Three hundred thousand that clogging up our court systems. Every year they send like ten billion of tax dollars to chase after it. Right there, you could you could save a whole state just by uh, no utilizing doubt about it. and no, but and then you could tax it and make money and put the money on the table and use it for good. I don't advocate taxing it, but I you know I'd take it over prohibition. Well, Thank you, know, Dave, for the call. Ta- I pay eight. Yep. Oh, go ahead. Now he's gone. For Oof, a pack of cigarettes. What do you mean? You're How much? Taxing everything. How much do you pay? Eight bucks for a pack Good of cigarettes, God. man. Ten bucks for a pouch. What is a pouch? How much is the? How much has it gone up recently? You you're paying eight dollars now, but they just had the tax increase. So what was it at the right, beginning right. of the no, year? That's what that that's what happened with that tax increase. It what, went up to like seven something. But what was it in Montana? American Spirits, a uh, pack of Newport costs like seven bucks for a pack. For a pouch of drum, you know, so you buy like a, an ounce, like a three quarters mm-hmm. of an ounce. It's ten bucks now. What was it though, Dave? Well, you're giving a little comparison. I mean, if it's seven or eight bucks for a pack now, all right, it used to be like three forty-seven. Wow, that's a huge difference. And all of that money's going into the feds. Dave, thanks okay. for the call. Always good hearing from you. And I agree with him. I mean, legalizing marijuana and turning those people out of the jails would do a hell of a lot to. Uh, to help the economy. I mean, those folks that are sitting in a jail cell are not producing anything for anybody. They're not providing a product or a service for the most part, and that's that's not helping anything. They're they're sucking. They're parasitic uh, because they they got to have their three hot meals paid for. Well, I guess they're not all hot, but the three meals meals are paid for, and the roof is paid for over their head, and then that costs money. It costs thirty grand a year to keep somebody in a New Hampshire jail, and it's more out in California. I agree that in the uh, the the short in the long term that what you're saying is true. However, I think that. The there good the good could be some problems what did did he say 800,000 people in prison for or jails or whatever for uh, cannabis right now just I don't possession. know if that's I don't accurate. know what it is either it's a large number and those people would need jobs jobs are um, unfortunately the the home the jobless numbers although they've slowed going down are still going down um or excuse me going up uh, fewer people have jobs than they did uh, last month and you're going so i mean you know those people getting out of jail have to have jobs they're going to have to, you know, there's going to be, Somebody's paying to be some food in transition. Right now. Somebody sure. is paying to take care of it. Well, what are you going to do? Fire correctional officers, too, because you don't need as many? 
Well, they're going to fight against that, but uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with doing that. I understand, but I'm just saying that in the overall economic picture, there are things to look at from that point of view. I am of the opinion that we should legalize mar- marijuana. Katie, bar the door. I don't care what the reasons are. There's no reason to put anybody in jail. I'm just saying that um, when you start bringing the economics of it in, there will be short-term uh, detriments. Of letting people out of jail? There, yes. There's going to be detrimental effects to letting people, yes. peaceful people out of jail? Yes, because people, the people who want to spin it will spin yeah. it whatever way, way they feel like spinning it, and they will say, well, look at these jobless numbers. Now, maybe the marijuana people will go live with their mom and dad, in which case it doesn't really matter whether they have a job or not right. because somebody will be taking care of somebody it. Somebody is putting food into their mouths now, and that wouldn't change necessarily if they were out of jail. It would just mean that the, the jail budgets could be reduced, not that they would necessarily do that either. We're talking about governments here. Uh, but they they could theoretically reduce the amount of money they're spending there, which theoretically could put more money back in the taxpayers' pockets, which could go, be used. But that to... presumes that they actually care about putting more money back into taxpayers' right. well, pockets. I mean, they don't. Well, <laughs> no, uh, releasing people from a jail cell would also presume they care about people too, and, well, and they don't. They don't. So we have to get to that paradigm shift where. Actually, what's most likely to happen is they'll just have to release them because of financial issues, to where the state just can't pay mm-hmm. for this stuff anymore. And that's what they were doing out in California, was they were letting people out of jails, weren't they? Not too, not too long ago? They were just... le- releasing people from jails. I don't know which ones they decided to do. I don't know. And I think it was actually prisons. Prisons, prisons seem to, yeah. it, it gets tighter on the state level before it gets tight on the county level for some reason, generally. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Jeff, who is in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I just wanted to tell you about my experience with the DMV and the the local uh, the local bureaucrats. Um, a while ago, somebody stole my tag off my uh, you know my registration off my plate. Okay. And I got a ticket. The, the sticker? Wait, they stole the sticker? Yeah. Okay. Sticker. That's okay, difficult to do, isn't it? What's that? Isn't it difficult to do that? Don't they make those stickers so that they're incredibly difficult to remove? Um, well, well, now I take and uh, I strip all of them off, and I take a razor blade and I cut it up into little pieces. So if they start to peel it, they can only get a little bit at a time. Right. But if you have a, uh, you know, if you just slap it on the old one, um, apparently you can pry it off, which they did. Hmm. And they, I got a ticket, and um, I called up, and they said, "Well, you got to get a, uh, you got to go to the DMV and get a new new ticket, a new tab, because." Um, it does. It won't match up on your registration. I called the DMV and I had to. They said, "Okay, come on in. It'll be six hundred dollars." Whoa! Wait, wait, wait. This is a new tag. Yeah, because okay, the tag on the tag is that there's a number, and the number matches up with your registration. Right, and so, they send it to you once a year, and it, you always have. It's always the same number every year. No, I never, no, it's not the same number every year. No. It's just, it, it's just the when you get. Six hundred dollars. I want to find out more. Hang on, we're going to bring you back here. Wow, Uh, we'll get the details. I'm a little confused, but we'll clear it up here in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yes, Julia is rejoining us, and we'll you can talk about anything. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, and this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features free. 
Those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Are you facing a debt crisis? DebtCrisisSolutions.com guarantees that they can protect your bank accounts, assets, and the equity in your home. Sometimes they can make it so you can immediately stop paying uh, your credit cards. There are debt, um, they are debt crisis consultants. The bankruptcy laws have changed, and you need DebtCrisisSolutions.com, 718-615-0123. That's 718-615-0123, DebtCrisisSolutions.com. We go back to your phone calls, uh, and we go back to Jeff in California, who is telling us a story about how you had had your registration sticker taken off of your license plate. You were pulled over for that, and you tried to, when you were trying to remedy that situation, the bureaucrats were more than happy to help you. It was going to cost $600, apparently. Now, that $600 was for a brand-new license plate. Is that, is that correct? No, 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 no. Um, I wasn't pulled over. I just went out one oh. morning, and there was a ticket oh. on my uh, window, and it read in. It says, expired registration. I was bewildered. Wow. I'm like going, wait a second, you know, and then uh, I called up uh, the, the ticket department, and then they looked at me and said, oh, yeah, well, your registration has expired. And I said, no, I'm looking at it right now. And they said, no, your tag. And I went out, and sure enough, somebody took a screwdriver or whatever and pried it off. And then uh, they said, well, it's a fix-it ticket. And then I figured, well, I can just call the DMV and get a new tag. No, you got to buy a whole new one, and then you have I'm to buy like, a whole new what? I'm sorry, what uh, is it? A whole new registration form that matches up with the number with the new sticker. So, so you I have to, to re-register the car? Is that yeah. the idea? I had to pay for everything. Ah, all right. And it then, costs six hundred dollars to register your car in California. California. Oh yeah. Oh well, they nail you. I'm not, wow. <laughs> I mean, well, it's a crew cab, and plus they get me with weight fees. Oh, jeez. I mean, I'm looking at, they give registration fee, license fee, weight fee, county district fee. Don't forget the fee fee. They have those up here in New Hampshire. <laughs> they have yeah, them and then so, so then uh, I had to knuckle it under, and then I went up to uh, the fix-it department and mm-hmm. showed them uh, that, uh, you know, this is the new thing. I said, no, you're going to have to go in front of the judge for expiring. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. So wait, you paid the $600, you jumped through the hoops, yep. you, you, it wasn't even really expired, somebody just stole the but, sticker in the first place, but you went through all their hoops, and then they said you have to stand in front of a judge? And then, see, and then when, after I paid, I had all the paperwork, and then I called them up, the police department, and said, I don't want to report a theft. And they said, no, we don't come out for that. $600, that's grand theft. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, oh. And, These and people that's suck unbelievable. a whole bunch. And then we, got the, then we live in the city, which is funny. If you watch Penn and Teller's BS, we, uh, this is the city where they did the recycling episode. Oh, yeah, it was a great episode. Everyone yeah. should watch okay. that if they haven't. Yeah, and, and so we have three, a green, a black, and a blue. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I cleaned out the fireplace and I put the ashes in the black. And then they tagged it and says that you got to triple bag ashes. And then I called them up and said, well, Wait, 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 wait. Bag, what did you put them in in the first place? I just took the ash can and I just poured it in the, the, the black bin. I see. And then 
and then I call up them, and I said, well, if I triple bag it in plastic, that means I got to put it in a blue can. And they said, well, no. <laughs> I don't even. Uh, by the way, I don't even want to know what the rules are. Blue, black. Yeah. I don't, don't so, even. So then, wow. So I started. Now, now I was gonna. Other people I work with is one guy who lives in Montana, and, and my work is uh, in the movie industry. It's seasonal, and uh, he lives up in Montana, and uh, and then uh, he was talking me into to buying some property adjacent to his. And then I started looking at the Porcupine Realtor and looking at the search. And then I'm going, well, you know, I'm, I could just fly, buy some property, build on it, uh, you know, what, 20 acres. But then living in California, I'm concerned that there might be some red-lipped, speckle-bellied salamander that's got the right-of-way on my property, and then all of a sudden I can't build on it. Not to mention the fire that might uh, consume your property as well. That, well. that state burns every year. Yeah, well, I mean, in California, uh, up north, there was I was reading something about a guy who bought property, and and there was a like some a fairy shrimp, and he, there was no fairy shrimp, but his property just happened to be potentially. They didn't he find was in a fairy shrimp zone. Yeah. yeah. They, so he couldn't do anything. <laughs> so I'm thinking, if I buy property in New Hampshire, is somebody going to say, well, the this red this red lip speckled bellied salamander's got right away on this property and then you can't build on it. I would say that's less likely in yeah. New Hampshire than Never it is heard in California. Yeah. A lot, lot less likely. As specifically, I mean, the smaller town you go in, the less rules and there are. I mean, as there's far Grafton where there's not even a right. zoning. Here, um, I'd like to tell my uh, experience. I'm the only one here in the room that's built um, in New Hampshire in the last two years. And yeah, I like. Yeah, more. I like to hear more about that uh, because that's what I plan on doing: is buying property and Great. Um, building on it. I couldn't even imagine living in California oh, when no. I hear that stuff like, like this. Hell. You just can't. E- I. <laughs> Before you go into that, Mark, just as a point of information here, uh, in Keene, where we live, there is no mandatory recycling period. You can and recycle if you want to, but it's not mandatory. The garbage pickup service is awesome, it's private. too. Yeah, private garbage pickup. Anyway, Mark, go ahead with your experience. Well, um, I, would, I would say, first off, my recommendation is to, uh, in, in today's housing market, is to buy a house and property rather than build on one. Um, there actually happens to be 15 acres in the town that I'm in, and it's a beautiful house. But um, because basically now you're picking up, you're giving a discount um, in today's housing market. It costs me 125 to build a house that's probably worth about or less, you know, about 210. Excuse me, 225 to build a house worth 210. So well, I Dale just scored paid a, a premium to build on the house. Um, it. Basically, what I had to do is to come up with a site plan in my um, in the town that I live in. Um, come up with a site plan, which is a five thousand dollars piece of paper that shows them how you're going to build, mm. and that you're not within fifty feet of uh, wetlands. I have a creek that runs through my property. Now you know that that's a disaster in any other state. If there's a if there's a body of water mm. on your property, you're not going to build at all. It's eleven acres. It has a creek that runs through right through the middle with a little waterfall. It's gorgeous, and it I just had to be with. And 50 or it was either 50 or 75 feet from it, so I couldn't build over top of the creek because God knows I'd you know uh, displace the salamander or whatever. But uh, that was really the only thing I had to deal with. I didn't have any kind of uh, ecological plans that I had to come up with or anything like that. Jeff, come on up, man. Appreciate your call tonight. Look forward to hearing seeing you here in New Hampshire. 800-259-9231. Yeah, I've never heard of anything like that happening up here. Not to say it couldn't happen, uh, but. You could always go to Grafton, like you said. So there's a place where it 
wouldn't happen. There are a lot of houses, a lot of houses. If you uh, check with the Porcupine Realtor, Mark uh, Mark Warden, um, I think it's markwarden.com or markwarden.org, mm-hmm. um, and he'll show you a lot of pro- uh, pieces of property. I know he helped Acreage Dale. and acreage. And you don't have to build your own house. Somebody's already built your house Our for you. Our co-host Dale just picked one up for 120 grand, two acres, and a four-bedroom house. <laughs> That's a deal, especially if you're coming from California. More on the way. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp. FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at FreeTalkLive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those uh, features, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head on over to Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com and see what it's all about. Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever or wherever you want, just like the podcast you're listening to right now. That is, if you're listening to a podcast, you could be listening on the radio or live feed. Audible has over 60,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has it covered. You can get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Go to AudiblePodcast.com slash f. T-L. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Okay. Uh, we continue with Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you are on Free Talk Live. Steve, South Carolina. Hi, Ian. Hey, What's on your mind tonight, sir? Well, the, the putting the registration on the tag of, for the license plate is just stupid. Because if they can get the tag off and put it on their vehicle... I mean, you know, just driving up on it and looking at it, they know that the year date is not expired. So, I mean, they're not going to do any comparison, so everything's good. Um, now, in South Carolina, what they do is they put the license plate number at the bottom of the year tag, which is on the yeah. left side. So the right side has the month, the left side has the year. Hmm. If they don't do that in Florida, they do it either in Florida or New Hampshire. I've seen it done. I don't pay a heck of a lot of attention to these things. I, I've seen that done, and that seems like it's the only thing that makes any sense to me. It does. It really absolutely does because if somebody steals a, a tag with a registration number on it, it, it's not easily identifiable as it is in South Carolina. You can look at the, the gear tag and look at the bottom, and if the license plate doesn't match what's on the bottom of the tag, then you're going to go talk to the person or give them a ticket or whatever. Got um, it. You know, I'm just thinking that the California DMV, and we have to pay property tax. As soon as we pay our property tax, we get the tags in the mail. And for some reason, I've been doing this for, what, seven years now. And this year, I guess, South Carolina decided they wanted to have a different color uh, license plate. So they just manufactured a whole bunch of new ones. And I just thought that was a waste of money. It's like, I just don't, you just should give me my month and my year and I'll be done with it. But they're yeah, like, well, no. they don't care about wasting money. It's not theirs. So In so, Florida, you can you can pay extra to get all kinds of different you beautiful can do that colors. in a lot of states. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like I just I, I had a I had a standard generic state plate. It was fine with me, but now they're saying, well, we're going to change our color scheme. We're just going to bring a whole bunch of new. And it's like, well, I, apparently we aren't going green. Yeah. 
A lot of waste. <laughs> you know, I, I like the old, uh, personally, what I prefer, the old plates, like from Rhode Island, uh, Delaware, Massachusetts. They'll have these really old plates. It'll be like two colors, red and white, yeah. black and white. Sometimes they'll have, a, you know, the number stamped on the plate right. um, to, to show how, you know, which which number it was. And I, I prefer those. So uh, all these new fancy plates to me, just big waste. Yeah, they don't even stamp them anymore. They just they silk screen them on. Yep. Really? They're not embossed? No. Wow. Depends on the plate wear. That's amazing. I mean, I got a... Uh, you can get souvenirs better than that. You can. I've got one. <laughs> I've got the, a custom-made private plate uh, that is absolutely embossed, and it looks really sharp. Anyway, anything else on your mind tonight, Steve? No, guys, that was just about Thanks. it. I just thought it was kind of Always good hearing from you. Thank you for the call tonight. You know, at some point up here in New Hampshire, uh, the right to travel activism is going to probably kick back up. It's going to swing back into uh, to effect. And I think that private license plates is going to be an interesting little experiment as people begin uh, removing the government plates from their uh, vehicles and putting on private plates and see what happens. This is what the, one, the one that I just don't understand. You yeah. don't understand? What I do just mean? don't get it. Why? Why here? Why that battle? Well, they say they own you if you are driving around in a in a car. They they pretend like they own your car. You've got their plate on it. In the in New Hampshire, you've got a plate on the front, a plate on the back, and a registration or a inspection sticker on the front windshield. They own you front, back, and windshield. I agree that uh, the, and, that the inspection is pointless. I've lived in states with inspections and without. I don't see piles of cars lying, you know, heaps rusting yeah. heaps on the side of the road in the states without inspections. So it's I think about it's disobedience. It's about non cooperation, and it's an it's a pretty simple one to disobey i think you're putting your your car on the line obviously when you do it yeah um, that's that's one big thing is it's a huge issue there but i mean if you've got a little bit of extra money and you don't mind losing your car then it might be an interesting experiment it's it's an experiment i don't think it, i don't think think it creates any goodwill i don't think people it doesn't have that oomph that look is all i was doing is using a camera in a public place but and that doesn't I, even work enacting Mark. my like uh, my, my right to it yes, doesn't it work does. with everybody it worked with it's ne- nothing's going to work with everybody well, right so how do you know which one's going to work best it's, i mean you don't the right to you travel does, is 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 by and large do you have a, do, do i have a right to travel across your front lawn uh, if you have there permission. is no right to travel sorry on the roads you've paid for, you should have the right to travel. You should. I understand yeah. where you're coming from, but, you know, that's just the way it is. Sorry. I, th- I think I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you morally, but I understand Mar- what Mark's saying is that most people don't see that kind of activism as, oh, yeah, I agree with that. I think most people... They like the idea of licenses because they feel like it keeps dangerous drivers off the road. Most people and like the idea of government. So why should we do? Uh, you know, do, uh, why should we even do any civil disobedience and non-cooperation? The, the answer to me is because they are hurting my friends and putting them in jail cells, and I want to do everything I can to uh, withdraw my consent from that system. And if I'm going to have to keep paying property taxes, at least I can put something else on the line, like a, like a car. Because I can tell you, I really, really do not want to cut a check to to fund them putting my friend in a jail cell. I concur with you, and I, I understand agree. completely. But, you know, if you the, – the really, the only principled thing to do, the only principled thing you can do is grab a gun and go out and start shooting that bureaucrats. That is not principled at all. That's violent, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to Those lower myself. Those bureaucrats have been an acting force on other people, and the only reason you don't, you, you claim that it's not a good idea because it won't work from a PR It'll standpoint. It'll create more violence. Right, absolutely. What do you, it's not just PR. I'm, that's I'm, realis- realism. It, it'll, it'll create more violence on you. <laughs> On, yeah, anybody that picks up a gun and initiates uh, and and retaliates in that way. Um, the fact is, 
that your that that sort of civil disobedience, not getting a license, doesn't do any good. It uh, creates more problems than it uh, than it solves, and I just don't think anybody out there gets it. Well, maybe if I think we... we're a long way from people getting right. it. Right, and I'm, I would be for it. See, this is the part that I, I just disagree with here, and that Ian is never going to give up, like a pit bull with a, with a bone, <laughs> never going to give it up. There is a time and a place for certain types of activism, and that's the sort of activism that you need to do after you've had some successes. After you've you've got you've I'm brought people, more people down here. the path to liberty, we need more people here in order to do something like that. I don't think it'll work with one or two people. I think you need to have uh, twenty five or you're fifty people. You're away from it. I don't know when you're going to be there, but you're a ways from that. I know. I'm just talking about what I think should happen in the future. Can I do that? Can we have a vision for where we want to go, right. or should we all just bend over and do whatever it is the state wants us to, and say, well, it's not the right time to start disobeying that one because people might not un- understand. Well, maybe if we start disobeying it, it'll start a conversation and people can can come to an understanding of it maybe that's how the understanding will happen is by somebody making it an issue 1-800-259-9231 i'm not saying go out tomorrow and do it i'm saying let's get enough people to come here and do it together to where it won't be seen as just some lone kook driving around with a private license on You get car. 100 people, 50 people doing that, then you might have some kind of... That's what I'm talking about, but man. But see, one of the problems is what it makes sense. Like, laws that make sense are going to be difficult ones to get off the books. It makes sense to put a number on the back of the car so that that car can I've be identified. I've got a number. Uh, I've got a private plate with a number. It makes sense to have an outside third party to verify that number on an annual basis to make sure that you've got the right number. You haven't swiped somebody else's number from their car. Thus, the little sticker that goes down on the uh, the bottom of the license plate that makes sense what doesn't make sense is the enormous fee that goes with it in most states in florida i think it's 50 bucks and nobody really complains um and if it's an antique car it's 30 bucks up here and they charge you based on based the on the value of the car is. so they turn it into a new tax mm-hmm. and um you know if, if you want low taxes florida's a better state for that than uh, than new hampshire now point of information mark i'm already doing some vehicle disobedience in that i have not registered the car up here right they could give you a ticket they could but they haven't yet which is very bewildering they know lots of oh they know the attorney Gen- general genital came here that's true well i don't well, know if the attorney general personally knows. but somebody speaking for him Fred Parcells knows about it, one of the former cops and uh, former city councilors, and he's outed me on the radio for it and (laughs) and trying to encourage the cops to uh, do something about it. They haven't done it yet. It's very interesting. More coming up, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country. We're going to be on a brand new station coming up tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. So we'll talk more about that at that time. Uh, But all of this is possible because of listeners like you becoming Free Talk Live amplifiers and getting behind the show so we can help get it out there into more people's ears and hope new people uh, exposed uh, or get more people exposed to the ideas of freedom because, boy, they sure do need it. All right. So amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up there. We will continue with your phone calls. Terry is in Texas. Terry, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Terry. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, no, uh, I was just thinking about, I was looking at the uh, 
Senator Olin Specter, uh, him switching from Republican to Democrat, I just thought it was kind of funny because uh, now he's kind of isolated in his uh, own little party because the uh, Democrats have stripped away all of his powers, well, all of his uh, seniority for the Fox communities he's in, and uh, none of the Republicans like him now. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's in rough shape. I and and apparently it's um you know like they the Democrats aren't liking the way that he's acting. Currently voted on a few bills, so he's he's in in, in no man's land. Basically, and I doubt he's going to be there for much longer after the midterm elections. Maybe. So uh, he'll be replaced by him. somebody else who's probably yeah, as yeah. scummy. I mean, I don't. Uh, somebody should get through to him. I mean, the Republicans don't like him. The Democrats don't like him. His own system is turning against him. Maybe you should find something else. Well, it's an idea. I suppose you could try reaching out to the guy. I don't know how effective it'll be. I mean, you're talking about a long-time Ar- politician. Arlen Specter hasn't changed much, and he's pointed out, you know, I think very uh, adroitly that, in fact, it's the world that's sort of changed around him. His his voting uh, pattern has been, you know, pretty pretty uh, thorough the whole way through. Now, I'll grant you, in 2003, he made in 2005, he made the RLCs, uh, you know, most free list, but he hasn't done it otherwise. Um, and it was just sort of a fluke of the uh, of, of the rating system. They don't have the tightest rating system. No, it's RLC. twenty. It's twenty votes. Um, it, it's the best. They, it's the best one out there, though. No, the best one out there is the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance rating system. Right. For are, those they, state are they? Are reps? Oh, well, they are they doing the um, U.S. Senate, U.S. House? No. Okay, so I'm just the telling RLC you, it's the is, best rating system. I concur with you that it is the best rating system for state and um, you know for local re- local reps. But you know we don't have the, we you don't have those anything no. else for the. Uh, the federal level. So I think Arlen Specter is just a dinosaur that needs to disappear. I think the right. government's a dinosaur that needs to disappear. <laughs> Terry, any other thoughts? Yeah, one thing I really don't understand on this whole issue is how is it that just going from a Republican to a Democrat, I mean, he shifts him over seniority. He didn't change who he was as a person. He didn't change his ideas or anything. All he did was decide that to get reelected, he has to become a Democrat, basically. That, yeah, he he, he um he traded he made a trade between parties. I mean, I don't see any reason any problem with that. He changed his allegiance from one party to another, and uh, in the process of changing that allegiance, he managed to curry some favor with the uh, party to which he was uh, changing his allegiance. I don't think it's going to change the voting very much. Maybe a little bit in the Senate, but not much. That just shows how how silly voting really is because it's all about teams for people. Yeah, that's what he said on actually somebody's interviewing, and he said he has to get to know his new teammate, <laughs> which is the Democrat Party. So exactly, it's wow. like you you pick a team, and then you just always root for your team. It's absolutely ridiculous to suggest that anything good is ever going to come out of that. Maybe they should start yeah. having a draft where uh, you know, like they do in football, where the the different uh, general managers go in and they bid on the don't they bid on the different players? I don't exactly know how that works, but maybe they should do that with politicians. That way, everybody would make it real crystal clear how uh, red team, blue team. Uh, how essentially it's not really that different from sports except for the fact that these people will control your life and the sports players just you know they just charge a lot for hot dogs <laughs> thanks for the call tonight terry appreciate hearing from you 800-259-9231 as we go unscreened to the amp line unscreened caller you're on the air hey guys uh, it's paul in uh, los angeles hello paul what's on your mind tonight I wanted to ask Mark, I never really heard him describe his philosophy of government. I know he's more of a small government guy as opposed to uh, a complete voluntarist, I guess. But I, I've never heard him describe what he thinks government should be. And, and Mark, do you believe in the uh, non-aggression principle, or what, what is your vision of uh, government? <laughs> well, I believe that the non-aggression, uh, non-aggression principle, when taken out to its uh, logical end, is, is an anarchist pledge. So 
you know, I love the sound of the non-aggression principle <clears throat> in the same way that I think that all men should be, uh, you know, equal. However, I know that all men are not equal, and I think that the world is a uh, dangerous and violent place in some respects, and uh, therefore that, you know, we're I'm willing to uh, to to keep around the government to handle the the most violent of uh, aspects for now, and and I'll, I'm willing to look at how communities that wish not to have, say, police departments and roads and uh, courts. <laughs> Cut it out. What? You mean run by the government? Run by the government. Okay. No roads anywhere. Right. I hadn't gotten finished Sorry, through the statement. Sorry, you're right. You didn't. <laughs> Go ahead. Was he, were you done with that, Mark? I, I really think that, you know, that's it for me. I, I, I think that uh, there should be militias. I, I think that we can handle... Uh, we can handle all threats that come to us uh, via militia. Um, that's uh, the, the next thing somebody's going to be thinking is ICBMs. What are we going to do about ICBMs? In World War II, they had uh, the Germans had technology to create a cannon that could shoot a projectile 500 miles. I think that uh, local you know local municipalities could get together and create a few of these around the nation. Um, and at, you know if that was 500 miles, then imagine what they could do now with computers. They could track these ICBMs and punch holes in them. You don't need much; just shoot buckshot out of it. And uh, you know one double lot, uh, one bit of double lot would just uh, knock. You're a getting away off. from the philosophy style. That's uh, it. I mean, okay. well, it's, it's specifics. Okay. See, I'm not really a philosophical guy. Yeah. I'm willing to talk to you about things that work. Call so, would you? Is your basis of uh, your belief in government is, is that really a is it a moral basis or is it more of a practical basis? You just believe what when well, whatever will work best. Or I think, you think it's more certain things it's that moral. are wrong and certain things that are right. It's moral. It's moral to uh, aggress against your neighbor. Is oh, that what it's, you're saying? it's moral. Uh, it would be immoral to remove the uh, apparati that protect na- neighbors from being aggressed against just because you want to be free. But it doesn't protect anything because it aggresses against absolutely everybody in the process uh, of allegedly people, protecting them. People do care about consistency. People care about uh, you know predictability, and you can largely get that with uh, with police departments. So I, just to, just so I understand the basis, like if say there were three people, you know, I and two other neighbors are basically the first people that show up on the planet, and we're neighbors, and we're all next to each other in some field somewhere. It would be wrong for myself and my first neighbor to just decide to go and take the stuff for the other guy, the other neighbor, right? And I'm wondering, under what circumstances would that be okay? If we formed a constitution first, or is there something we could do that would make that moral, or would it always be immoral for us to do that? It's apparently okay by Mark's model of the world to, as long as you're going to provide those people with a so-called protection service, that you can go ahead and steal as much as you want from What's them. What's the caller's name? Paul, I believe. Paul. I'd like to congratulate you. You've converted me. I'm now an anarcho-capitalist. <laughs> Do you really think you just called in here and changed a guy's opinion who's financially uh, motivated to be the small government guy on the radio show? I mean, why me? Why not go out and find one of your uh, small government friends and convert them? No, it's only because most of the people who believe in small government don't just seem to think as clearly about the issues as you do. And so I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm interested because you seem to speak very logically about well, things. And I'm interested I told in what your, I told your you I'm about what, that view is, what your moral basis is. My moral basis is, like, consistency matters. The status quo matters. People care about things being, uh, you know, stable. Stable governments are important for people becoming wealthy and for, for you know, economies working. Consistent theft. Stable theft. I thought that you were going to say practical. 
Because to me, that's not like I don't have the same opinion as you, but I feel like what you're saying is for practical purposes. Like he you was think that it's practical. more practical to, you know, it's just easier for sure. things to if we just shrink the government down to this size. Uh, Julia, it is a practical approach. I just knew what the caller was leading me towards, and I decided to go with something else. Oh, okay. And I, I, I was dumbfounded <laughs> when you said moral. I was like, what? Really? I, I don't agree. Paul, does that uh, settle it for you? Anything else on your mind? I guess it makes sense. So it, it sounds to me like you kind of, Mark, you kind of balance the moral with the with the practical. Like you, you would say that you, your practical consideration can't, you know, is, is at least as equal importance to the moral in your in your mind. And so it has it, to work. The fact that a small government may be more practical is enough concern that it's not. You don't first determine your position based on your moral beliefs. It would sound like. I, I, I look. I'm all only concerned about what works, and I know that you're not going to going to just walk into a room and suggest to people that uh, government is immoral. Look here, here, and here, because it just doesn't work. I've I've seen that. Uh, I've I've seen it tried. I've I've watched it tried a hundred times. I've watched it fall flat on its face. It's a system that doesn't work. Suggesting that, however, you can show case by case how. Um, you know, government is immoral in its workings here and workings there, and I think that that's a good system for showing people, and then we can chip away at the state, because you're not going to get it all at once. There are not going to be three people moved to a planet where two of us get to aggress against another one. Thanks, that Paul. doesn't happen. Appreciate the call tonight. Julia, what's your philosophy on government? Uh, I, you asked me too short of time. <laughs> Maybe next week. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.